0: This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men In Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable! It's Rog. It's Friday. Juneteenth. May it be a day filled with joy, justice and freedom. I'll just say my wish on this day is that self-reflection... And understanding, self-understanding, become dominant American values for the rest of this century. A process that begins with thought and leads to action. In less epic news, <laughs> much less epic, we taped the first Men in blazers at Home television show yesterday. Brace yourself, it airs tonight at 6pm Eastern Time on NBCSN. And our Dominic Calvert-Lewin special, An Amazing Show, comes right after it. It was hilarious to shoot with Davo again. My camera perched on a slightly slanting pile of books. Thank God for my wife's old romance novels. The whole thing was some feat to pull off. I know our show never looks like a technical feat. This was a technical feat. I was in my bedroom. Devo was down in his basement. Producer j Dubs produced the whole affair from his kitchen in Soho. And I will admit, the first time I heard our theme music again... I teared up. Who's in the mood for some football? Who's in the mood for some football? I am. I am. Am I ever? We had to go an entire day... Without Premier League action yesterday, an agony which only served to remind me of just how unbelievable it is that we survived the hundred which preceded it. Our patience, though, is rewarded. And then some. This afternoon, a tectonic plate shifting clash. Manchester United travel to Tottenham Hotspur to face Supreme Chancellor Palpatine, a.k.a. Jose Mourinho. And of course, talking of the dark side, the Merseyside Derby awaits on Sunday. War eagle! Oh, we'll talk about that and more in this episode of WGFOP The Ball. Let's sting it up. The Premier League's Project Restart. Project Restart. Dum-dum-dum! Oh my God, a dream come true. Long Harbour. have always wanted a harpsichord sting for this show. That one from the fingers of the mighty Stephen Thorne. He calls it his project restart on harpsichord in C Major. Remember, call us. 646-450-9472. That's a phone number on which you can ask us the bestest, most important, most slightly deluded questions that you want about football, All life, we're here for you. Let's rack him up with question one. Hey, Raj, this is Rick from the crap part of Richardson, Texas. I'm a new fan of the
1: Premier League and, more importantly, Everton. I was hoping to make it through the season, then picked a player to latch on to. Yes, Raj, I was looking for the Everton man crush. However, with the season being shortened, I'm going to need your help. Who should that player be? Thanks for your time. Courage.
0: I love this question. It's a reminder that as it surges back into our loving arms, the Premier League has a chance to grow new American fans. And we welcome you, Rick, to Everton Football Club. Let me just say, you've made one of the greatest decisions you'll ever make. I swear, A joke. But there's truth in humour that my identity as an Everton fan is what's got me through this pandemic so far. It's true. All Everton fans... Arsenal fans, to some degree, too, have a sense of comfort living amongst chaos and disaster. And when a tiny moment of joy comes, savour it. Take nothing for granted. Minor moments of wonder should be seized upon. Cause for dancing, as if you are at your own kid's wedding. And more than anything, right now, we all want to be around people, places, organisations, nations that live our values. Shouldn't the same go for the sports teams we support? They should represent the values we believe in. And I'll proudly, honestly say, Everton do that and more. The club are a true, caring hub of the community they exist in. They, yes, occasionally fight mediocrely on the field, but off it. No one works harder to support those that need them. The wrath of social services they provide for those in need in their community Around the world, reaching out to those who are suffering and more. I'm so proud of Everton Football Club. They do represent a force of good in this world. And who should your man crush be? Your man crush in blue. There's so many to choose from. Leighton Baines, Seamus Coleman, old school, remarkable human beings. Rich Arlison and his little chicken dance. God bless him. God, I'd love to see that on Sunday. Tom Davis, proper scouser. But above all, you know who I'm going to say. DCL, Dominic calvert lewin I think I admire his tenacity. A young man who somehow retained his confidence when everyone around them stopped believing, who has fulfilled his dreams and mine in an Everton jersey and who talks about the whole journey with a true humility and a wisdom about the path he's walked and about all that is to come. Watch our show, the DCL special, tonight, 6.30pm Eastern Time on NBC Sports. And I predict you will fall in love. It's like the best episode of The Bachelor ever. Let's have a listen. Dom, do all goals feel the same? That thrill of scoring? Or does (laughs) some feel better than others? For me, there's no better feeling than obviously scoring a goal to get you back in the game or to take the lead. Once you get the taste for it, you just want to keep scoring and keep scoring. And it's addictive. There's no feeling for me that can compare to 40,000 Everton fans erupting when you score a goal. I don't know how you keep your shirt on, Dom. (laughs) (laughs) I love him. I like to believe DCL is my childhood hero. Next question.
1: Hi, Raj. This is Chris from San Rafael. And I know that you've not been answering straight football questions. I have to ask, after watching Dobby police be responsible for two goals for Manchester City, he was the best player on the pitch for Manchester City, how is it he still even gets to play let alone keep starting for top 16 could you please explain thank you so much courage
0: david lols oh, wow accident waiting to happen at the heart of the arsenal bat line that was so glaringly obvious even i joked the night before with huge arsenal fan and actual footballer lindsey harran we talked about the certain I'd say possibilities, but it was they the certainty of a David Louise howler. Let's take a listen. Roll Lindsay.
1: Arsenal. I mean we got a we got a tough game tomorrow. But this is how excited I am. I had to put on the jersey for this, especially. Um yeah, I'm I'm pumped. And Ferguson, um, although his name is Ferguson, he is an Arsenal fan. <laughs> okay. I'm just making that clear because I'm I have gotten crap for it. Um, He's excited. That's why he's napping right now, getting ready
0: for it. But I've got to say, poor dog has no idea what he is in for as an Arsenal fan. Like, all that (laughs) hope, all that incredible hope, and that conjoined twin shattered hope. I cannot wait for the Premier League to come back tomorrow. That feeling of connectivity coming together and savoring. David Luiz capitulating at the last to hand Manchester City a... uh, a, dis- a disastrous victory or Everton in the last minute story. and why don't we let Arlo White tell us what happened commentary Mares around Luis goes to ground penalty David Luiz's day gets even worse he's given away more penalties than any other player in the Premier League that's his fourth of the season and there was a card showed to him as well he's off Graham David Luiz is walking behind the goal. Anthony Taylor, the referee, has sent off David Luis. David Luiz, he's a head-scratcher. He is flummoxing. 87% of the phone calls we have received on our hotline, 646-450-9472, since Wednesday night's game is... Explain, David Luiz! And it's hard. How do you explain... David Luiz, when I heard Mikel Arteta yesterday in his press conference say, I will defend David Luiz, those are his exact words I will defend David Luiz my first reaction was, oh my god Arteta just defended better than the Brazilian mop top ever has for Arsenal but the reality is when you talk to people who play with him David Luiz is that character who brings a spark of life, a spark of energy to a locker room a spot that's not to everyone's taste. Frank Lampard hated that life, hated that energy. Got rid of Luis Pronto, one of his first moves to sweep the Brazilian out of the club. gain by a mission for him. And also, I mean, the added benefit for every Chelsea fan watching him drag Arsenal down into the muck. But Arsenal, at the time, they needed experience. They needed leadership no matter if it was of the clown car variety, and on form, hard to remember, but David Luiz does some things. One thing in particular amazingly well. He pings that cross-field ball over the top, the diagonal. Oh, it's like he hits it with a golf driver. Miguel Delaney actually wrote a piece, a beautiful piece, about almost the enigma of David Luiz, and he explained it away by saying David Luiz is a good player, but he sees himself as a midfield player, and the problem is... Jose Mourinho never did. The bigger question, though, why has terrible defending been synonymous with Arsenal in the modern period for so bloody long? I mean, Socrates, Mustafi, and on and on, and now they're linked by paper talk to Tiago Silva, 35-year-old, once great, but now warning sign flashing Tiago Silva. Do we ever learn? I mean, we do, and the truth is... Centre-back is one of the hardest positions to play, technically, tactically, in modern football. There are few world-class blokes in that position today. You can understand it by saying the bedrock of league titles are rooted in that position. Virgil van Dijk's arrival transforming Liverpool, Laporte's injury and company's departure throwing Manchester City off the race. There's so few gems in the modern game. Ask yourself, who should Arsenal be signing? This is the problem, though that will define Mikel Arteta's first phase of leadership, how to summon the defensive cohesion, when the greatest Arsenal-loving centre-back in the world right now is Becky Sauerbrunn. Next question.
1: Hey, this is Tom Wickert from Columbus, Ohio, supporting Liverpool. It's been widely noted that in the 2016 World Series, the Game 7 rain delay provided the Cubs kind of a timeout to recollect their thoughts and really what spurred them on to win the World Series. My question is, does this extended, quote-unquote, rain delay hurt Liverpool's chances?
0: Oh, Tom Richard from Columbus, Ohio, the home of Schmidt house of sausage. Thank you for reminding me of the darkness that the Merseyside Derby is this Sunday, a game which, to the outside world, may just be a regional scuffle between blues and reds. But I have to tell you, growing up in Liverpool in the 1970s and 80s, It always felt like so much more. It felt like nothing less than a savage battle against which I would fine-tune my sense of good and bad, truth and injustice, reward and punishment. A lot of punishment. In contrast to the prevailing atmosphere of Carnival that normally grips the city in the week up to kickoff, I always find the actual experience of watching the game itself just a torturous one. The football... Always helter-skelter. The adrenaline-fuelled atmosphere infects the players. Local-born and foreign alike. The tackles crackle. Headless decisions are made all over the pitch. Red cards are brandished. So this Ghost Game version, it's going to be an eerie experience to watch, especially watching Mike Dean, who has had over 100 days just locked up in his home. With no attention from the world whatsoever. What the hell is that man going to do the first time the spotlight is upon him? I honestly shudder as I even try and think that one through. I actually expect this game to be pretty much a replay of the Schalke Dortmund derby, the Ruhr derby, which heralded the return of the Bundesliga. One team, good at football, not my team. Beautiful, beautiful Schalke. Dortmund had everything to play for. They dispatched a clinical biblical smiting to my gorgeous boys, and I'm expecting the same again. Everton have so many injuries. They've had no friendlies. They are far from match fit. Also, most humiliating statistic in pro sports, we have not won a derby in 10 bloody years. War Eagle. Liverpool supporting writer Tony Evans penned a fascinating piece this morning. He wrote about how Everton fans are seething ahead of this game. He said it would be hard to find a group of fans who are angrier. the Premier League has resumed. The attitude of some Everton former players and a significant proportion of the fan base have given the impression that finishing the season is an outrage. I've got to say, I don't feel that at all. At all, yes, my identity is 97% Everton fan, but I'm also human. At least two of that three remaining percent human. And I'm so grateful to have football back in my life. We'll discuss that later in this pod. But I'll say, I've said many times, I admire what Jurgen Klopp has done to transform the club. I admire what the American owners FSG have done too. And in their private conversations with me, so many of my mates who are Everton fans... They say the same when they're being honest. You know, this morning's newsletter, I wrote about an article which captures the extent to which Jurgen Klopper searched for marginal gains. And it's an article that talks about how he brought in world champion high wave surfer Sebastian Strüder to speak to his players ahead of the season. The surfer talked about how he copes when a huge wave knocks him off his board and he taught the players about mind over matter, how to remain calm in difficult, challenging moments when looking to scale new peaks. That taught his players how to relax amidst adversity. It also taught Adam Lalana how to hold his breath for a reported five minutes. And I thought two things. Bloody hell, Klopp's attention to detail is what has delivered this title. Asterisk. That's what it takes. And I also thought, what the hell would have gone through Lalana's mind as he flailed underwater? Oh, you tell me. Liverpool are now six points, just a step away from the promised land. Jürgen Klopp talked this morning in his press conference about the agonies they experienced in lockdown. I became worried in the moment when people started talking about Nil and White this season, because it was like, wow. And I really felt it physically. Um, really, um, that, that 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 would that would have been really, really, really hard. So, will the layoff impact them? They have Hendo. He will not let it slip. He won't. What do I expect? A slovenly game. Both teams off the pace. But pandemic football played without crowds means good football and good footballers win out. So this is either going to be a total beatdown, which I would actually prefer to the other option. Everton holding on grimly, determinedly, defending deeper, deeper. The clock ticking down and either Mane doing us, or something like this happening. Make a last stand. It goes into the penalty area from Alexander-Arnold. Mina with the header, a wild volley from Van Dijk. It's awkward and he bounces off the crossbar and into the net. Would you believe? Oh, Jonah, help me out, mate. I need a sting.
1: Right on, right on. You're listening to Smooth Football Talk with Roger Bennett on WGFOP. The Bald.
0: Oh, that's better. MIB After Dark by Darius Thigpen from Tampa, Florida. Darius Wright, I'm a Liverpool fan and a member of OLSC Tampa Bay. Oh, mate. Save you Sunday. Next question.
1: Raj, this is Adam from Arlington, Massachusetts. I support Liverpool Football Club, the greatest football team the world has ever seen. Please don't hang up. I love what's happening with the back of the jerseys and the patches, both recognising Black Lives Matter. I also salute people like Raheem and Dini and some of the journalists who are standing up for equity issues and better treatment on the field and in the stands. I guess my main worry is where is the pressure going to come for ownership and management to be more inclusive and to actively seek out uh, minorities and women in the coaching ranks and in other executive positions in the Premier League and in the lower leagues, which will eventually feed the Premier League. So long question, but where's the pressure going to come to make sure there's better racial and gender equity in hiring practices? Be well. encouraging Adam from Arlington.
0: Adam from Arlington. You know, when the players first came out, that first game at Villa Park on Wednesday with... Black Lives Matter on the back of each of their jerseys, and then before kickoff, taking a knee in solidarity with the movement. Particularly seeing Tyrone Mings, Villa's captain, who a week before had been leading protesters on the streets in Birmingham. It took my breath away. It really did. Such a remarkable sight that underlines and amplifies the global resonance of the protest that began in Minnesota, yes but have encouraged green shoots of crucial change over the past hundred days around the world. Football is emerging as flag bearers of social activism. The power of the platform, used for good. However, after the first weekend, said at the top, thought and word needs to turn into action. Will football reform itself? Let's break it down. There is a massive problem amongst fans in terms of racism. I... Experience this myself. I posted Arsenal's Black Lives Matter jersey on Twitter and was, I don't know why I was shocked, but I was shocked at the level of hate that flowed into my comments. And I'm not sure, you can still see the tweet, I'm not sure if it's bots uh, that ploughed in or if they're real people, but individuals purporting to be Arsenal fans mostly saying, I'll never go to a game as long as they wear these shirts. And I honestly thought, good, good, don't go to a game because That is one way to rid the terraces of human darkness. But football, like the rest of life, has systemic institutional problems of racism. The lack of coaches, board members, league administrators of black, Asian, or minority ethnic backgrounds. That's what they called it in England, BAME. And there's been some talk about mandating each club to have at least one BAME coach going forward. But we'll see. We will see a lot of talk right now Uh, There needs to be action. It needs to be careful, strategic, thoughtful action. And what we can learn from the achievements of the protest in America so far is that if we're vocal enough, the pressure can come. The pressure can come from us fans and hopefully be maintained by the players. But we also know that all of the statues coming down around the world is an unbelievably self-evident metaphor for the removal of of the structures of the power of hatred in our society, but it's not enough to remove the superficial in that sense. We need to know what structures they'll be replaced with, what values we will uphold, how we'll give a platform to those who are denied one. So a raise a glass to transparency, to active and involved advocacy. Clubs need to dedicate themselves now to investing in their communities and having sustained impact, sustained impact for years and years to come. Not just for the first three weeks of Project Restart. One more question.
1: Hey, Raj. This is Zach from Richmond, Virginia. With all the pubs being shut down in my city for the Premier League, you know, with the league restarting this weekend, what can I do to bring the pub atmosphere to my home? Thanks, courage, and up the blues.
0: Here's what I'd say, Zach. You know, Oh, I was hit by conflicting emotions in the minutes up to kick off on Wednesday. A sense of the horror and loss that we've all lived through in this time of pause. An awareness of the suffering my birth nation of Britain has experienced. I felt that too. Combined with an immense concurrent gratitude for the wonder and surreality of football's return. Above all, an understanding that the game of football has changed and so have we. We will never take the ability to savour and watch it for granted again. I mean, yes, the sound effects remain a work in progress and some team needs to sign Joe Hart, if only to make the tunnel shots less awkward. But let's be honest, everything in life is grappling against the grip of this pandemic and the Premier League is no different. Like so much in our world, it's not the same and it's going to take some time before it is. But I am so grateful to have it back in whatever form. I don't care about atmosphere, eerie echoes, rusty match fitness. It's just glorious for my timeline to resound to something more than toilet roll keepy-uppy videos or outrage at Kyle Walker's latest sex parties or a analysis of corner flag disinfection enough. It's magnificent. It's magnificent to have real football back in our lives. And yes, it's not the same without fans, but it's still engrossing, exhilarating, calming, and perhaps most important of all, for 90 minutes, we're all connected, all of us around the world, with our similarities and our differences in an energising way, in a way that only sports can provide. So your questions act actually made me <laughs> search out the sound of Goodison Park. On Derby Day last season, when the teams walked out, to Everton's traditional theme song, Z Cars, and the wall of noise which goes up. And as I listened to it, that beautiful noise started the sob. Both because of an awareness, it will be some time before we hear that noise live again. And also An overwhelming gratitude for football being back in our lives. The positive human connection it still provides. So my suggestion is, let's focus on what football is. It's good enough rather than what it isn't. And enjoy what it offers rather than focus on what it cannot. That is my approach to football. That is going to be my approach to life. Even during an Everton beatdown. I'll see you on Monday.